what I do mm-hmm. is in situations like that, I just I just shut up. I don't even say anything. I know, but it's annoying. I everything's annoying these days. That's why I you have to pick your hills to die on. Pick and choose the things to do when it comes to Zion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, oh, this thing's on? Yeah. Marcus, uh, you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America, a movie podcast brought to you by Blue Chews, Casper Beds, Ridge Wallet. And Kamala Harris's uh, campaign. No, no, she just called. She's out. Yeah. Rest oh, in peace. Rest in peace. I guess, I guess... We're going to lose that endorsement. Yeah. Hey, but we're open for commercials. Episode 107. Um, let's get into some mail because our, our, what, I think one of our top 10 episodes, last episode, with, him, with Mr. Mtume Gant. Sure. Got, that's got that's some, all I've been hearing. So. Got some yeah. thoughts. Yeah. It also didn't hurt that I tweeted that this was one of our best episodes. But and you weren't wrong. I felt really strongly about it. I've gotten a lot of text messages from friends that were like, yo, I just watched Jojo Rabbit. I feel I have feelings about it. I've listened to your episode. Thank you guys for voicing thoughts so I could help, you know, put together Damn, my thoughts. Awesome. Some people and, and there's still people that and you'll see in some of these emails, there's still people that enjoyed the movie. Sure. And I'm not even telling you not to enjoy the movie. I'm telling you to make up your own thoughts. Don't let the zeitgeist tell you how you're supposed to think. I shut down my friend's group chat the other day because we were all debating about the Irishman. Most of them thought it was... These are my like close friends like since freshman year of college. I so, bet you so my 20 group, years. I bet you my group chat about the Irishman is very similar to your... You know what? Yeah. We had a scheduled idea for this episode. I think we should talk about the Irishman, though. Okay. Because so, I just saw it. But you were about yeah, to no, say... Yeah, no. All my friends were like saying how boring it was. And then one of my friends sarcastically wrote in parentheses... I bet Marcus is saying, oh, you probably never, you probably didn't read my blog on it. So which I replied, I would never say that because you guys have never read my blog in 10 years and nobody has responded. So it's been dead since, which good. Yeah, it was like, it was like when we released our 100th episode and my group chat was like lit with posts about that Popeye's chicken sandwich and memes mm-hmm. and cats and Jeffrey Epstein's or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, by the way, 100th episode of my podcast. Sure. And then dead air. It just is what it is. <laughs> hey, man, this... Yeah. Through, 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 through Pinland Empire, I've, I've been able to... I interviewed Claire Denis. I've become friends with Lodge Kerrigan. And a whole bunch of other cool stuff. So also, it's like, hey. Also me. Hey. You became my friend. I was your friend before. Yeah, but the podcast and the, the, the website helped cement it. We were friendly. That's now, true. Now we're, we were That's friendly. True. That's true. Now we're close friends. Now you're, you're, you're reading a passage at, at, my, at my upcoming wedding. Yes, that's dope. We got to get that to you. But yeah. Anyway. Oh, I'm not writing it myself? No. No. <laughs> I thought I was just doing... Um, the song from Coming to America. <laughs> no. You're going to battle rap a shotgun sugar verse to me. What's going on? Marcus. Marcus. You look like your name should be Jerry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right. We have Mia. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that song from Coming to America? Of course. She's your queen to be. She's your queen. I guess that would probably be culturally insensitive for me to do that. No, it's not. She's my queen. That is true. She's my ivory queen. Yeah. No, no dead space. She's my ivory queen. I, I know. You're ivory queen of Zamunda. Yeah. Cancel me if you, I don't. Whoever's who have cancel me. Fine. Who's ever left to cancel us? Yeah. Goodbye. Like like, the guy who told me to fuck off because I thought that PM Don got canceled not because of homophobia. It's like yeah, that's all. I'm sorry. Thing. Yeah. Then then wanted to talk about it but didn't want to. So I guess we just lost that person. I hope not. Um, I don't. I don't, I don't want to lose anybody. I don't know him to I don't I don't know him to care if I lose some I, I, I just know. I try to understand what what happens that makes people want to act like that. You don't act like that like cuz you're in a good mood. I'm never in a good mood when I tell someone to fuck off, especially a stranger. That's but the then, thing. But then again, str- I, I don't know again, you to care. But then again, I don't really do that. But anyway, uh 
Zamunda was Wakanda before Wall yes, TV. Yeah, yeah, yes, it the, was. In comic books, Wakanda existed oh, first. Sure. Oh, that's true. Um, yes, yeah, so let's get to this. Let's get to this mail. Oh, and also off air, I, I heard uh, Spencer of uh, She Hate Me podcast. You're from Delaware, and one of these days I got to tell you about when I lived in Newark in the year 2001, and some and got chased out of there by. You know what? I'm not going to say on on record, but let me tell you, it was some wild times. Um, okay, so first email from from one of our top five fans. Oh, I don't think I've said hi, Doug, in a while. Hi, Doug. Marcus, you ever uh, smoke PCP? No. I woke up to hi, Doug, while I'm driving by, and I'm like, Brrr! hi, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get that, Doug. But that doesn't make you any any actually any special. You could have done that scheme. His last name is Fry. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. I walk up driving to Fry by nine, driving, driving by, by and I go, Brr. "Hi, hi Doug Fry. Fry." No, hi Doug Fry. Hi Doug Fry. His whole name. Brr. Hi Doug Fry. <laughs> All right, this is from one of our top five guys, uh, Jake Lindberg. Hello from the mi- Midwest, dear Marcus and Scott. Belated, con- belated congratulations on reaching 100 episodes. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Mtume is a great interviewer and asked great questions. All in all, 100 was a great episode. It's awesome to see how you guys have grown and changed over 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more. Thank you, Jake. My question is what have you seen? How have we changed in the past 100 episodes? What are things that are... That are positive. What are things that that we haven't done in a while that you miss? Let us know, right? Mm. Okay. I'm interested. I haven't listened to episode one in a long time, but recently we got some guy revisiting episode one, saying that he loved all of our references. Sure, sure, yeah. And that did. made me so happy. And I was like, oh, that the the guy was like, y'all talk about Claire Denis, Van Damme, music, comic books. I mean, to be fair, we've talked about all four of those things. Probably yeah. in the past, <clears throat> past ten episodes. Easily. That's the one thing that hasn't changed, which is good. It's yeah. good to change, right? But also have continuity at the same time. So yeah. those things like Van Damme, Claire Denis, music—that's been like the continuous thread. But other things have have. I will say this podcast. So before with Pinland Empire, I, there was always this weird pressure to write about everything I see. Right and now with a podcast, I can just talk things out. And then save up my writing, and it like so, so something like Harriet. I don't think I would have written that had like I'd done weekly writings all the time. Now that there's like pod, this podcast, I could just talk stuff out, just say things. And then now when I write something, it's a it means a little something more special. So there's, right. there's definitely that. And I think I should write more often for your website. I agree. Yeah, I got some. I, yeah, please, I got. I already got plans for next year, so there, there's, there's plenty my, of room for... My past top ten, my, my, my decade list was pretty good. It just, did. Just hold on one second, I've got to take this rice off the pot. Oh, sure. What else, what else is, has, has changed? Uh, <clears throat> well, not, not to keep making this about Pinland Empire, but I guess I've learned to share uh, movie thoughts. Because, you know, I've been doing that blog for a decade... And it's yeah. just all my thoughts and what I think, but to like share my thoughts with someone else mm. is is definitely something this podcast has kind of taught me. Not, not that I hadn't been doing podcasts for years, and, but right. I haven't had my but, own. But you've been doing podcasts with people who are decidedly more two feet in the cinematic world. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where where I I know to a certain extent what I'm talking about, but I also... my my. I only have one foot in the in the film world, I think. Not really. I mean, you also score movies, too. And you have yeah. movie podcasts. So that's I, true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So either. if anything, so that's the change. Maybe you had one foot in before. Now you have, like, two feet in. Yeah, and... But I've always been, hopefully, willing to change and learn. Sure, sure. So, back to Jake. I share Scott's disappointment with the movies of the year. Out of all the movies I saw this year... The favorite and our time were the only two that have had staying power with me. The rest, which one's the favorite? Well, I was going to say technically, technically, both of those movies are two thousand eighteen movies, so that so that really no. Our time cements. is two. Our, our time is two thousand nineteen. I guess. 
It came out in America in That's 2019. That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. F- favorite to Yorgos Lent, uh, Lent, Lent movie. Probably. Oh, I actually never ended up seeing that. I Did you? Know. Not- no, I know. I I like I love him. I just try not to. I don't need to see everything when it comes out. That's kind of. I that's actually my next writing piece for two thousand twenty uh, on the favorite. Oh my god, it's online, Scott. You need to see before you see the favorite. You need to see Yorgos Lanthimos' uh, short film. It's like four minutes, but it's really really funny and awkward. It's with Matt Dillon, uh, and it's about like clones. Is it about the rapper Take? No. No. Oh, yeah, him. He's not doing so well. No. Why was he doing the MySpace guy, the Tom from MySpace, looking at one picture he showed me? I think he's just yeah. having a hard time. Yeah. Um. Anyways. I don't know, man. I, I, I think this is a really good year. Okay. The rest, us, Midsummer, Kwati, were quick highs that faded not too long after first viewings. I'm with well, you, especially on us. I'm with you on that. Have you ever tried Whippets or DMT? They're quick, they're quick highs that fade not too long after your first viewing. Not to say that I've ever done those things. I have. It's funny. Kids is one of those you things where DMT? like... You smoke DMT? No, I did the, the Whippets. Because I saw it in a movie. They, <laughs> in kids. They were doing it in kids. Yo, I was like, oh, I, I want to do, do that. Is, I like to like, get so high uh-huh. that I start to hallucinate. Crazy, right? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> you got gold on your neck. Yeah. You got Christ on your neck. I like that. I like That's that. Right. That's Jesus right. Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, I I wonder how well that movie has aged. I watched it. Uh, Some of those. Oh, I went to the 20th anniversary deal. They had it. Bam. Back in 2015. I I, I do like that. I mean, there's definitely. I'm sure. It, I think it holds up. I mean, unfortunately. A few things that don't hold up is that a few of those actors don't exist anymore. Yeah, rest in peace. Justin Pierce, rest in peace to Harold Hunter. Yeah, but it's more than that, too. I, but I just don't remember the other names. Really? More? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I will say... I got sent like a... They were making a Kickstarter for a documentary about the movie. That 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 one little uh, Latino kid, he's someone I'm like, what is he up to right now? I don't know. I feel, like he's, I feel like he was that kid, so it's like... He what might, the... Yeah, I mean, Harold Hunter... Mm-hmm. Was is legitimately a good rapper. He made some. Was good he? Ra- yeah, he made some good rap. He like definitely of like the old dirty bastard vein. Sure, but sure. but he had he had skills. He could rap. He. I didn't know that. Man, wow. my my friend uh, Theodore Barrow, who has this incredible uh, Instagram page called uh, Feedback TS, where he just clowns. On, he clowns people's skate videos, but then on the stories tells these really amazing stories about art and culture and mm-hmm. New York and his life and and skateboarding as art and stuff. He was literally like a three four parties in one night guy. Like I like he passed in two thousand six. Yeah. So in two thousand well two thousand four, I was living in Connecticut. I started hanging out in New York a lot. In two thousand five, I moved there. You see him out like I don't want like, to wanna lose my thread. Sure, sure, sure. No, yeah, he was he was a guy. He was a New York he was a New York fixture of parties. Absolutely. I would see him at one party at one in the morning and another party at four. Mm-hmm. Who's that guy? And my friend Ted, he he like posts all these videos and reminded me how skateboard skateboard videos had some of the best rap music. Oh yeah, of like, course. Like people, I didn't know that till later on. No, yeah. people talk like films and skateboard videos had B sides, remixes, songs yeah. that were never used. Yeah. Uh, so you you get a really good old like '90s skate videos have just some of the best rap music, some weird jazz music. It depends on the vibe. True. Uh, punk yeah. music. Yep. And it's just very interesting. I remember the skater kids at my high school. I found out they would like listen to artifacts, and I was like, "What do you know about artifacts?" And it was no. like through, yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, also like the skateboarding set and the and the graffiti set yes, have like have a Venn diagram, definitely. And one of the connecting tissues is smoking dust and acting like a weirdo, definitely. So there's back Tame in the, one knows about <laughs> back in the '90s. There was definitely a Venn of yeah. of that stuff. Um, damn, bro, Jake, this is a this was a good email you sent us, man. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that'd be a. And I would like to rewatch Kids and talk about it. I think I'd probably I'd just down. start like crying uncontrollably. Yo, this is gonna be an episode because next year it'll be the twenty fifth anniversary, nineteen ninety five. Right. Wow, time is wow. I yeah. remember 
begging the video guy to let me let me lend it to like borrow it. And he was like, "You're a kid." I was like, "Yeah, but like." This the, it, It's like when Madonna was like, this is what real life... You know what? I'm going to save this for the episode. If we're yeah. doing an episode about yeah, this, yeah. you're not getting all of this. Because also, yeah, 19, I, got, I already have some... Yeah. 1995 Scott is, is a different Scott. You wouldn't have liked oh. me. You wouldn't have liked me very much. Really? Oh. You... People... People... Anyways. When I self-deprecate, people get mad at me. But, okay. Well, don't. Well, it's like, obviously, be mad at me. I suck. Uh, you guys have been spot on with movies. Uncle Boone, me, whoop whoop. Mm-hmm. Claire's camera, Cla- Claire, mm-hmm. me in general. JCVD mm-hmm. movies. Oh wow, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if you guys could give me some music recommend- recommendations in hip hop rap. I always like expanding my taste in music. I really like a tribe called Quest, especially Midnight Marauders. A few songs from Atmosphere and Anti Pop Consortium as well. Hope this email finds you too well. Sincerely, Jake Lindberg. Oh well, I have some. Speaking of anti-pop consortium, I'll have a I'll have a recommendation for you specifically uh, in the months to come. But yeah, uh, right I, now, l- listen to the new Rock Marciano because that's all I've been listening to these last few days. And like that's it. So I put a little thought into your question because of the things you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So these these are ones that I think are are really important ones that are connective to the things you said. And Marcus, feel free to add or compliment. Mm-hmm. Freestyle Fellowship, Inner City Griots. Sure. Especially because AC alone did a song with Antipop. Absolutely. And, and like... Griots. And, and what did I say? Griots. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. I always do that. And also, like, Micah 9 is the father of, of like... Yeah. A- abstract rap. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Ramel Z is, but... Mike no, I, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. He's the he's the legit direct father of ASAP Rock and all that ilk. Even though Absolutely. a lot of ASAP ASAP Rock fans don't even know who Mike Knight is, but yeah, but yeah, like there's there's people that got in that really that really got into No Doubt, and they went back and checked out Fishbone and the right. Scatolites and yeah, the Specials, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and there are people that That's listened cool. to No sure. Doubt and didn't, and the buck stopped there. Yeah. There's people that yeah. listen to Nirvana and check for the Pixies. There's people that didn't. It's, it's people who listen to Atmosphere and don't listen to any other rap. He's like, yeah, but, but they're I mean, like prime example of but, I don't like but, rap. But but there's that's also like you know the other day you sent me a picture of your of like like CDs. Yeah, and people would always have a CD book of like every music except for rap except for. A Cypress Hill CD or yes, a yeah. Beastie Boys CD. It depends what era we're. Yeah, it it's depends. like Beastie Boys or Cypress Hill, Eminem. Yeah, Atmosphere. Yeah, so, there was definitely so like, and it's just like when Atmosphere was was blowing up for him. Like he, his, uh, I think it was God Loves Ugly, sold a hundred thousand copies. Which oh wow, which on on an indie label is basically going platinum. Yeah, Cole Vane did that, 140,000 to be well, exact. Well, that's, that's an album that's on this list for oh, you, Jake. Oh, nice. Um, is that he in one of his interviews, he's like, I don't want to be more famous than Gene Grey. Why isn't Gene Grey getting played? So, like, sure, he, sure. He, he, he was uncomfortable with his popularity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'll say about that. So, uh, KMD Black Bastards, Far Side, Bizarre Ride to the Far Side, you're you're nodding your head, but but being audible would be useful because it's a podcast. Oh, not it's a one video. of my favorite. Uh, it's one of my. It's my Desert Island top four albums. Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. What are the other three? Uh, Low End Theory, introducing uh, DJ Shadow and Fun Crusher Plus. Nice, AC Alone, All Balls Don't Bounce. Sure. Organized Confusion, Stress the Extinction Agenda. Damn, I was listening. I was listening to that in my minivan. Uh, <clears throat> Any, any man that became... would jump in front of a minivan for <laughs> yeah. 20 grand is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's mine now, but I had some... But that was an album I was listening to, and I was like... Not that... That album has always been... If I thought of... if if I, When I think of the eighth grade, I think of that album. But now in adulthood, I like... So it's, I remember a song like Why. I didn't listen to that song a lot when I was 13. But I'm 38 now, and it's like, this is the song. Yeah. Like, this is, you know... Yeah. Blacklicious Nia. Of course. De La Soul, Balloon, Mind State. Sure. Cannibal Ox, Cold Vein. Definitely. Idea and Abilities. Idea 
and Abilities, mm-hmm. their second and third album. Okay. Second album. I don't know about that third one. I, the third album, like, you could definitely tell that Idea was going through some shit, and I liked right. that. Okay. okay. And he did. He passed away not, not shortly after. He did. And, um, yeah. and any music by the rapper Milo. Uh, that I'll, I'll throw in, too, just because it's timely, the new Little Brother album... And also because Little Brother's name is derived in part from a tribe called Quest. Yeah, because so, they were like the like, little brother. Yeah. All right. We have to we have to get here. Jonathan Lovinger. Oh, I'll be hanging out with him tomorrow. Although by the time you hear this, it will have been yesterday. Well. Oh, for Frank. Who? I mean, uh, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. 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 Uh, hey guys. Loved episode 106. So much to dive into, but one very interesting thread of many in this episode was America's discomfort with black anger and with the limited numbers of Hollywood depictions of redemption with flawed black males. Whereas movies like American History X and many others allow for such redemption of white males. You also mentioned The Watchmen Show and how Batman is a fascist. I stand by this. Batman and the dearth of complex male... Oh, Watchmen directly addresses Batman and the dearth of complex black male protagonists Mm. in Hollywood films. I'm very interested in finding out whether you like Damon Lindelof's take. Damon Lindelof being most famous... I'm saying this, not not, Mm -hmm. uh, not, uh, this guy. I'm saying this. Um, Damon Lindelof, most well-known for Lost and The Leftovers... And I think he wrote some of the Star Trek movies, the re, the re, the remakes, and I think he wrote or co-wrote Cowboys vs. Aliens, mm-hmm. which is an underrated movie. Watchmen. Not saying it's a good movie. I'm just saying it's an underrated movie. The the, the Watchmen series is is something. Maybe we'll we'll maybe I f- do well something. my my un- my my uncle took away my HBO password. I found it challenging and in bad taste at times, but it is probably my favorite show this year. Oh, to be fair, I almost never watch TV, but whatever. I also wonder what Scott thinks of the music and the Reznor Atticus soundtrack. I mean, Reznor and Atticus, they make good stuff. Shit is dope. The song, the music is dope. Especially like the, the Doctor, anything that references Dr. Manhattan, that the music that accompanies that mm. is just like chilling. I think Trent Reznor gets a lot of love. But does not get nearly enough love for his contributions to the advancement of electronic music. Like of the, the stuff, yeah. he, the stuff he was doing on those '80s Nine Inch Nails yeah. records. Yeah. His yeah. his his abstract and creative use of flanging and phasers and reverb and just programmed drums. But also, what I'm saying is like reverb. Like reverb is that effect where you hear a snare and it's like. That that, that eighties sound fuller but hollow at the same time. Yeah, like if you ever are like, this is a very rudimentary explanation, and for anyone that <clears throat> feels the explanation I'm about to give is not great, send us an email. But basically, if you're in a bathtub or you're walking through a tunnel and you hear the noises elongate, not echo, but like it's just longer. Or you you just that's that's reverb. Sure. Now reverb is usually used as an effect to make things drone or sound longer or more dramatic. But there's also a way to use reverb or other effects as like an artistic style. And and I thought in the eighties, uh, Trent Reznor did that very well. And he also I mean he just he still makes good music. I just think he doesn't get enough love in circles outside of people that love Trent Reznor. Agreed. Because a lot of people love Trent Reznor. Yeah. So, that's what I think. On the point of emotional range and comic book movies, by the way, it's why Killmonger is my favorite part of Black Panther. His arc during the second half of the film felt really moving to me. I think I liked that movie more than you both did, but it's been a while since I listened to that episode. I like that movie. I like that movie. Yeah. I think... Killmonger is one of the most underutilized, underappreciated, and misunderstood "quote unquote" villains of. Because mm-hmm. aside from some, like the fact that he was he was written as a sociopath, 
other stuff that he did was like, all right, what's wrong? What do you mean, what? Him trying to empower other people oh, sure. and like make Wakanda <coughs> a, mer- a meritocracy, not not a, a class division sure, thing. And sure. I thought there was some really awesome stuff about Black Panther. I just don't think it's the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And Tumi's episodes are always some of the best. I also love his episode with Martin Kessler on Krustelov, My Car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love him, Tumi, and I don't know Martin enough to love him, but I like him a lot. Martin, don't take that as an offense. I barely, I only started telling Marcus I loved him like a year ago. I don't use that word very lightly. But I like you a lot. That's okay, Scott. Also, guys, I love the Joanna Hogg episode. Thank you, me too. Nice. Archipelago might be one of my favorite female-directed films. Perhaps this and La Cienaga and 35 Shots of Rum. That's a triple triple header of like, hey, let's all just feel bad but love the way it looks. 35 Rums is a mostly feel-good movie. You're There's right. Some heavy stuff. But I just, yeah. But. I think La Cienaga and Archipelago are very similar in the way of course. They, they're shot. Absolutely. And feel and everything. Yeah. So I think that's a very apt yeah. connection. And a connection we also made in the last movie. Um, Woke Scott is supposed to say, why you gotta, you know, uh, have directors be separated by male or female but I would say that I understand why because a lot of a lot of women directors didn't get enough didn't get as much opportunity for a very long time to make movies and even now that there's still a lot of diversity in film there's still a lot more to be done yeah even now when people say they some people know it and some people don't know it but female directors now it's just code for Avril Duvernay, Greta Gerwig and Patty Jenkins on a grand scale, like on like on a big scale, right? It's it's still just like there's still out of a hundred male directors, there's probably five to ten female mm. directors, yeah. if that. Yeah. So there's a lot of work to do, and I think representation is important. Mm-hmm. I already texted Marcus though that Terence Davies owns the title of greatest living British filmmaker. A Quiet Passion and The Long Day Closes are both tops for me. I'm not mad at that. I mean, I'm, I mean, one of those I'm not, movies is about my hometown. So. Yeah, Quiet Passion is excellent. That was one of my top movies two years ago. Yeah. And Neon Bible is a great movie. Love the episodes, and I continue to listen to everyone. Hope you guys are doing great. And let's get, get together for some Nighthawk trivia or podcasting or whatever. Until next time, John. Well, that's part of our plan. I'm just curious. Where where are we in this episode about the Irishman? <laughs> We are 28 minutes. Yeah, and we're not so, even we're not even there yet. Yeah. This is impressive. This is this yeah. is the longest Whatever. Taken. We talked about movies. We're talking about movies. I don't feel bad. I don't either. Dear Zibus. This is from John Arminio. Okay. Uh one of one of our top 5 guys on Jojo Rabbit and the absurdity of evil. Dear Zibus. I greatly appreciated your conversation with Mr. Mtume Gant about Jojo Rabbit, Harriet, and My Name is Dolomite, and how looking at the past through a 21st century agenda-driven lens can sometimes lead to a warping of those events. I have not seen Harriet, but I have seen Jojo Rabbit, and as much as I hear your anger and frustration about cinema's preoccupation with redeeming white racists and monsters, I have to say I love that film. Fair play. Mm -hmm. I think Sam Rockwell's quote-unquote redemption in JoJo is far from total and only adjacent to the main plot. I agree. Mm-hmm. Whereas his turnaround in Three Billboards is much more pivotal. Fair. I suppose. I've been preoccupied with trying to understand the why of historical horror since I was a kid around JoJo's age, particularly the Holocaust. I guess that makes me fall into a certain stereotype of American male, but I hope I don't fit into that trope too easily. We all fit into tropes. It's how we navigate when we realize we're part of things. And I think you're always trying to better yourself, John, and you're a good dude. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to grasp what makes humans able to do such horrible things to one another. What separates me from Germans in the 1930s, from Americans in the 19th century? Would I have held those terrible prejudices that we associate with those times and places? 
Is our behavior so determined by geography, or would I have had the courage to take a stand against such horror, at least in the way Scarlett Johansson's character did? This is me saying. The truth is, I don't think any of us really want to know the answer to what we would do in historical dilemmas. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Um, But also, in in certain of those dilemmas... Our privileges wouldn't. Our privileges now wouldn't save our asses then. So yeah, would how yeah. would Marcus yeah. act in the nineteenth century, North America? Well, I don't. It really doesn't matter his opinions because his his visibility and optics would make it so that other things would be happening. Yeah, that's yeah. like the most politically correct way for yes, me to yeah, say it that. is. Yeah, um, if I was in Germany in the nineteen forties. I would die. I would be killed. Yeah. I would be, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so, but I understand what you're positing. It's like in a, in, in, in our time now, if things on the political agenda in America get even more divisive and even, and something, something along those lines to comes to New York, would we get into the mob mentality or would we allow things to happen? Would we turn a blind eye I don't know, John. I think that's the brilliance of of trying to understand these things. And you find in even incredibly disgusting studies that we talked about before on the show, the Milgram study, mm-hmm. where Milgram was a, was a Holocaust survivor, and he made people think that they were pressing a button that would shock people. Mm-hmm. And he, people were led to believe that like each shock would lead this person closer to death. Mm-hmm. And that most... Like, that through being told what to do, good people could become bad people mm. or do bad things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a hard, it's, I think it's, I think it's powerful that you're asking these questions, but I think they're hard to answer. Yeah. Oh, I should have read the other part. I think Jojo struggles with that question. So it has a variety of Germans as the characters from imaginary Hitler to the victims of his crimes. I agree. I just don't think it struggles with it in a way that feels meaningful to me. Mm. I'm with you about being troubled by evil men portrayed as bumbling doofuses in films like Django Unchained and Black Klansmen. That kind of portrayal almost suggests a narrative that only the Hitlers and the David Dukes among us bear any responsibility for the evil committed in the world. As much as I struggle with trying to pinpoint the origin of such evil, I knew each individual must bear at least some shame for their own actions. Lynching the Holocaust, the centuries-long economic empire of terror that was the transatlantic slave trade. I don't know why I said... Yeah, what? <laughs> slave trade. These were all things that needed individuals to enact them. At the same time, Donald Trump is an idiot. I don't know if he's the same sort of evil that we see in a Hitler or Stalin. He's not. Comma. No. Yet? Uh, fine. I said, I said, yeah, I, I said yet in, like, I'm not saying... I'm not saying he's a good dude by any means. I'm saying that Hitler and Stalin are responsible for over 30 million deaths. Mm. Yeah. So, oh, so he says, but evil things are certainly done as a direct result of his actions or inaction. Children separated from families, immigration policies directly leading to the death of innocent people, the abandonment of the Kurds, etc., so maybe what we need to keep in mind is not that those who commit evil acts are bumbling idiots, but that even bumbling idiots are capable of committing the most horrendous sins. Both Hitler and Trump have a commonality in their absurdity, in the absolute unfathomable way they behave and put forth their agendas. I think Jojo Rabbit addresses the absurdity with precision and skill, and the result is both funny and tragic. But I understand your antipathy towards the film and its way of telling the story. So as counter-programming, let me offer a unique graphic novel. Of course, Art Spiegelman's Mouse is one of the most important works the medium oh, has ever that. produced, I read that. both as a comic and a Holocaust narrative. I, feel, I believe all of us yeah. are age. Yeah. Like, my dad sure. was like, you like comics? I'm going to yeah. buy you these comics. And yeah. I said, like, Dad, I like Spider-Man. Not cats killing mice, yeah. but it was, it was very good. One lesser known but equally brilliant tale of that time and place is Jason Lutz Berlin a tragic and engrossing chronicle of the fall of the Weimar Republic and the rise of Nazism. 
as told through the citizens who would have lived through it. Lutz's work explores the horror and devastation of Germany during the 1930s and 40s in a very humanistic way, but with much more subtlety and seriousness than Taika Waititi's film. Wow, that was a long-ass email. Yes, it was, John. <laughs> My apologies. You guys are great. It's John Arminio. Yeah. It's all good. John, I'm not going to lie to you. That was a long-ass email. I'm parsed as shit. But it was a good email. And, yeah. it, and you know, this is now, I think, the first episode where we didn't get to what our episode was about. Long, long, long emails mean the most, though. Like, you yeah. take the time to write all, like, don't, don't stop. I'm not telling yeah. him to stop. I'm just, I'm, I was just finished. I'm I was telling just him saying, not to stop. He's not going to stop. I'm just saying, like, this is, we haven't even talked about our, our topic we haven't. For 30 minutes. I just wanted to say that. It's all good. John, keep on keeping on, bro. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, shit. 30... 36 minutes. Six minutes. Dude, why'd you say that like that? Because that was, it wasn't exactly 30... I was waiting. Was yeah, but it will be after drama. we put our intro song and shit. Oh, well. All right. So, a few days ago, mm-hmm. Netflix released Martin Scorsese's most recent film, the epic over three hour film, yes. The Irishman. Yeah. Starring and this will not be an exhaustive list because I'm not reading this from my head. Um Jim Norton. Okay. Anna Paquin. Yes. Uh Vincent Maniscalco. Yes. Joe Pesci. Yes. Al Pacino. Yeah. Harvey Keitel. There you go. Robert De Niro. Yes. Who am I missing? I'm trying to think. Uh, Bobby Cannavale. Oh, it's true. Yeah. He likes steaks. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, Ray Romano. Ray, oh, damn. Ray wow. Romano killed it, too. Yeah. And that's funny because he's always had kind of a forgettable vibe to him, his, which is his, weird. His humor, his yeah. show, all that stuff. So his movie appearances. So that so, except for this, yeah. Damn. Exactly. Trying to, what movies was he in? Yeah. No, He's I know. No, Ray Paddleton is is right, right now right, right, still right, right, in right, my right. top ten. Sure, sure. But uh, but I don't even have a top ten yet. Yeah, no. I'm trying to think. I have a top twelve. Yeah, but you watched like twice as many movies as I did this year. This year, yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. Anna Paquin. Oh, Jesse. Oh, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. All right, well, you don't have to look. Uh, I'm not looking up. I'm not looking up stuff. I'm not. We're already. Whatever. We're two um, hours in. What are, uh, oh, that dude from This Is England. Stephen Grimm. Yeah, he came. He's great. Stephen Grimm killed it in in, in The Irishman. It's Tony Pro. He was was great. So that's all I can remember. Yeah. So the movie came out last week during Thanksgiving. Yeah. It had made a small theatrical run Mm -hmm. and and toured a bunch of film festivals. Yeah. Not not even a bunch, just one. I thought. I think it was a couple. I think it was a couple. Oh, all right. Anyways. For some, it was a return to form for Martin Mm -hmm. Scorsese, doing epic films about tragic anti-heroes and going through time. And some might say that, but Mm -hmm. I think that was superficial. Because, yes, he's made several long movies. Mm -hmm. In fact, his last movie, Silence, was that his last movie? Yeah, yeah. That movie was epic. That movie was was. very long. And also, it was very good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie before that was Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that movie was very long. Not yeah, it was kind of long. Yeah, I couldn't finish it though. Mm-hmm. But I uh, and I liked Hugo. So yeah. to say this is a return to form is a little dishonest, in my opinion, mm. because I think it's a very different movie. Even though, yes. Yeah. It, no. Return. Yeah, you're right. Return to form is not a fair. Because it's statement. not. It's not. I think people yeah. misconstrue return to form to. Being good again or something? Yes, yeah, that, that's what I, I, I said. Because I don't, I said what I said. That, that, like a lot of people saying about Malik's most recent film, and it's like, what do you mean? He's he's always been good. What, but anyway. the, what they're saying is that is that it's it's him being a good being good again or something. Yeah, yeah. because it's not like Casino. It's not like 
Goodfellas. It's not like Mean Streets. It's definitely not like Mean Streets. It's some. It, it's got some casinoisms and some Goodfellasism. It is not like Mean Streets, as far as I'm concerned. Here's here's the thing. I disagree with you, mm-hmm. and therefore I hate you. Okay. No, that's not true. One, this movie has very little music. Yeah. And Casino and Goodfellas, <laughs> yeah, they are mixtapes. Are basically mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, they are of violence. Yeah. And. And do up. Only recent. Only time. recently. Has. Has Martin Scorsese? Oh, so. Pull back. This movie is basically. About. This. This person who claims that he was responsible for all major mob things during the mob. The biggest one that he was involved in the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. Yes. Played expertly by, by Al Pacino. Mm. You might remember the name Jimmy Hoffa from the 90s movie with Jack Nicholson. Yes, and Danny DeVito. And Danny DeVito. What a big just line, strike harder than Hoffa. Knowing our podcast, people might know that line. Yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. But Jimmy Hoffa was a very important union organizer who disappeared. And there's always been speculation on what happened to him. The most famous that he was underneath the Giants Giants stadium. stadium. And he's played by, he's played with incredible candor and performance by Al Pacino, Mm -hmm. who plays the almost... I wouldn't call him a sociopath. There is a, the movie is about a sociopath. Yeah, no, he's more just like, he's like stoic to the tenth millionth degree. He's stoic, stoic and stubborn. He's stubborn. He's angry. Yes. He's he egotistical. Egotistical. And it's really just about this man con- continuing to do these terrible things, thinking that it's for the behest of his family. But no one in his family likes that he does these yeah, things. Yeah, sure. And he slowly but surely pushes his children away, specifically his yeah, daughter. One in particular. Played by Anna Paquin. And I, I read some criticisms that Anna Paquin doesn't talk a lot in the movie. Yeah. But let me tell you, spoilers. When she talks for the first time two and a half hours into the movie, mm-hmm. it has a profound effect. Yeah, you're like, oh, whoa. Yeah. And, and the film... Fails the Bastel test poorly, yes, but it's also a good movie, mm-hmm. and I think we can reconcile those things in another episode. Sure. I think so. the 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 things that people think Martin Scorsese is are long movies about mobsters. Yeah. But the truth is, of his long storied career, maybe a fifth of his movies are about mobsters. Yeah. And yeah, yes, a lot of his movies are have long running times. And also, I'm glad this is one one of the main reasons I'm I'm glad we have this podcast, uh, so I could voice because this is one of the movies I didn't really feel like writing about. I wanted to talk about it on on this show. Where like, if you take take out the mob, the air quote mob films or mob related films from Scorsese's, he still works with a lot of Italian American actors. And I right. think people, I, and, and, and I'm going to give people this much credit in that they don't get it. They're very stupid, but they also don't get it in the fact that it's just like movies, Italian-American last names. Oh, mob, forget about it, which is kind of bigoted. I don't think people even get that like, oh, De Niro, Pacino, Scorsese, mob stuff. And it's just like, right. so you're just associating Italian-American last names. You're just deducing it to mob culture. And I don't think people... Get that, like, and the, also like, the, yeah. all three of these, all three of all of his mob movies are very different movies. They are, and and little funny twists, just like even in some of the mob movies, like Goodfellas, Robert De Niro's character is only half Italian. They make a point for you to know that in Casino, he's Jewish, and um, then he, the he Irishman, he's, he's Irish. Irish. exactly, exactly. Harvey Keitel is Jewish. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not even, you know, I get it. He's an old school Brooklyn guy, so he's he's got that voice, and he's been in movies like Wise Guys and and me and it's see Mean Streets. I hate it, you know. To call Mean Streets a mob movie is, yeah, is also it, disingenuous. Exactly. I mean, it, it's about guys who like are kind of on the outskirts of the of the mob. The mob. You, you, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to get in, but exactly. But there's so much other shit that 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 goes on. But um, 
Yeah, and I, I though I I don't know if you've done side by sides of the Irishman yet. I've done a, a a bunch. But there was one throwback scene uh-huh. that I felt was an homage to a previous Scorsese movie. What's that? Which one? So in Goodfellas. Uh-huh. There's a scene when Ray Liotta's character is in jail with Paul Servino, uh-huh. and they're making gravy. Yeah, yeah. And and Paul Servino explains that you have to cut cut the onions, the, real the thin. garlic, 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 no, no, real yes. thin, so it melts in the sauce. Yeah, and it's true. I've, I've, there's that guy binging with Babish, where he recreates food recipes based off of film and TV. Oh, I don't, I don't he's the most. That. He's like one of the most popular. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know about who he was until he was on Hot Ones. Oh, okay. I'm, the thing about this new fame is that there are people that are gigantically famous that you've never heard about because they aren't on TV. So they're they're niche famous. I didn't know who PewDiePie was until last year. Exactly. But everyone was just and but I felt like oh excuse me like it, like you don't like what I was like oh I'm sorry shit no but he's like more famous than people on TV. Yeah, I know. But, but it's just it's niche famous. It's a yeah. new world. Yeah. Andy Warhol was right. Mm-hmm. And he had no idea how right he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really didn't. Sure. <laughs> um, so there's that scene, you know, where they're just like connecting over food in jail. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a scene in The Irishman where Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro are old men in jail. Yep. And they're, uh, they're doing this thing called intinction, mm-hmm. which comes from the Bible, I guess, mm-hmm. where you have wine and bread. Yeah. But it's but it's like old school style, so it looks like either olive bread or lard bread. I don't know, mm-hmm. but they're eating the bread with the wine, mm-hmm. and that's also how they how they vibe. In it's the a very tender scene. It's a super tender scene. Yeah, and I just I I felt like those were shout outs to each other, but yeah. also there, there, there's a great uh, I want to say his Twitter handle is it's at Samuel May. He did a great side by side of there's a scene long like no cuts. From Raging Bull and The Irishman, where there's a scene where he gets up from his couch and walks up the stairs. Like, the camera, like, it's set up exactly the same. Like, directors do that quite a bit. I mean, the Coens are definitely famous for the era. And Lynch, David Lynch also, just kind of nodding their head to their own film. So, I mean, they've had long story careers. Why not? Ab- absolutely. Why not? I just thought it was, it was just really well done. It was wonderful to see Joe Pesci back and and just eating the furniture. And yeah, and not be a not, not that he ha- he's that's another thing too. I think people forget from like I don't know Lethal Weapon to like my cousin Vinny gone fishing. I'm sorry, he's done a lot. I, I do think at the end of the day he 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 always kind of gets like Goodfellas, Casino, Raging Bull, and all. You know, uh, Scorsese movies, but he's got range. Like I think Jim Brewer played a big hand in just like the characterization, the caricatureization of Joe Pesci. But he in this movie, he's the exact opposite. He's he, not a hothead. No, he just he's that he's like a very calm person. Yeah, he's like the go between. He's he's the guy that goes between and tries to you know calm stuff. And even when he's involved in the deaths of some people. He's not, oh, I'm going to bash your head or stick a pencil. He's just like, I made a few calls and this is just, it is what it is. Like, it, it had to be done. This no, he, lit- he literally you know? says it yeah, is no, what it is. I know, yeah. And. We did all we could. It's interesting that, you know, he just wanted to be a doo-wop singer. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I believe he has the shortest Oscar exception. Three words. It's my privilege? No, four, I'm sorry, thank you, it's my privilege. Yeah. It's five words. Five Sorry, words. Yeah. I just thought that was beautiful. Yeah. And, and something to be inspired by. Yeah. Because I think brevity can be really, really useful. But this Especially movie... Especially in a, winning an Oscar for a role where like he was just like a motor mouth kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. And he only says like five words when he gets the Oscar. The, ju- the juxtaposition. Yeah. And, you know, to the people complaining about the film's runtime... It's like I hear you, but you're wrong. Because I agree. Because you know how nice and special. So, I didn't rush to watching this movie. You know why? No. Because one, it was three and a half hours long. Right. Sure. And two, I promised Saskia that we'd watch it together. Mm-hmm. So you know what we had to do? What's that? Find three and a half hours where we didn't sure. have to do anything. Sure. 
where we just had we could just have some snacks and hang out on this couch we're sitting on right now and not talk and put our phones in another room for nice. three and a half hours. Nice. Yeah, you know, I find it funny too that people, especially under the umbrella of Netflix, people complaining about the length when I I'm willing you to gotta bet, use the word runtime. Runtime. Pause. Where these the same people complaining about the runtime on a Netflix movie are more than likely some of you are the same people that just sat and watched Iron Fist from beginning to end, maybe with like a few pee breaks, but a one three and a half hour movie is too long. But you have but how many shows have you binge watched right. in in fuck a day twelve hours eight yeah. eight hours you right. know what I mean we're so, like oh, we're up. like our boy Carlo will be like yo I'm gonna go watch a fifteen hour movie yeah. Like, literally, last time I saw yeah. him, was like, I gotta watch this 15-hour movie. Yeah. Like, you think video log, decalogue, whatever that shit is? Right. You think that's that's yeah. a long movie? Yeah. Now, when it comes to our friend Carlo, yeah. and I love that about him. Sure. 15 hours is a little long for, my, for me. Yeah. Pause. But, <laughs> I think I think three or four hour movies, to, to just blanketly say, I don't want three, and a half, three hour, four hour movies, when I bet your damn ass... A lot of those people were going to watch Avengers and all Except these other that, very that too. Which and 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 let's not act like a lot of the beginning part of Avengers is not. I'm using air quotes boring by the same standards that they're calling the Irishman boring. And also didn't they recycle took a whole bunch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They spent yeah, yeah. forty five minutes saying hi, forty five minutes fighting, forty five million minutes saying bye, and a good twenty something minutes of just like reused footage from the first Avengers. Yeah, clip movie. shows. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just clip shows. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was not that shit was not hot. Yeah, yeah. I walked by, I was like, Hi Collide. Yeah. I yeah. you know, I would rather watch the Disaster Soulcon video twice than watch Avengers Endgame again. Yeah, I guess I'm with you on, on that. I yeah. haven't I haven't <laughs> watched the Disaster Soulcon battle yet because it's not out. But I have a feeling it's... Wait, I'm just thinking about... I, I, I'm undecided. I just thought about the disaster portion of that, and I'm undecided. No, we're... I we're I'm, I, I we're going to watch... I think it's going to be an honor, honorable mention movie this year. Okay. Sure. Sure. How, like, oh, Shrek Retold was, was one of my honorable mentions last sure, year. Sure, sure, Did you ever watch Shrek Retold? No. It was dope. It was so wonderful. I'm tempted to put that Amber Alert video on my honorable mention. It does play out like a movie. The guy, the the guy we were just watching, his Amber Alert movie. You should explain that a little. Yeah, what's uh, what is his name? Uh, it's a comedy video, yeah, guys. Th- yeah, there's a comedy video. Not to say that there's anything funny about an yeah. Amber Alert, but comedians can take painful things and give yes. good commentary to it. And if you're on social media, you've seen. I mean, this thing has like not like millions and millions of views, but it's it's the title is how people expect us to act when we get an Amber Alert on our phone, and this guy is like playing video games. And then he gets Amber Alert on his phone. He immediately just runs out of his house. He gathers up all of his friends and they chase down the guy who stole the baby and they save this baby. And it's but it's just really funny. Like the timing's perfect. Like it's really funny. Yeah. Um, so that's what I that's what I think about that. And then but then people are complaining about the the age scrubbing. Yeah, which is a little look. Don't get me wrong. I don't think. The, with the age scrubbing, ages, age CGI stuff, there's only two things that, 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 that bothered me. The flashback scene when he's in the army, that, that did look a little funny to me. But it's not a long scene. I was more bothered with his blue eyes. Sure, sure. That, but I think, that w- I think the blue eyes were also done so you were thinking about the blue eyes, not thinking, that, about, exactly. thinking about the uncanny valley. I think the problem was with, this vi- this, the, with the deep fakes and the age scrubbing... We're getting to a place of the uncanny valley yeah. that is where it's very uncanny. Yeah. But I also have to say the scene where Robert De Niro beats up the guy for pushing his daughter, that just didn't look good. Because like you, you, you have this younger appearance, but your limbs are all old. Like the way he like crinkles up his arm while he's kicking the guy, like that just looks really... He was beating him up like a 70 year old. Exactly. Like you yeah. ever seen? Like I feel like if a seventy year old stepped up, like how? What are you doing? Like it wouldn't hurt. I don't know. The way he stepped on his hand. You ever seen a seventy year old start a fight with somebody? Like in viral videos, yeah, <laughs> sure. They're not moving like Spider Man. No, they're not. They're and like, neither was Robert. Like going De- like this. They're going like, like how Robert finger, De Niro was. Their fingers are weird. Yeah. And they're yeah. putting their fist to their cuff. Yeah, and they're yeah, because that's how old timey, <laughs> old timey like, boxers fought. Yeah. 
with the ice cream man mustaches. <laughs> ice cream parlor guy mustache. Yeah. And they, um, like, shuffle their feet it's while like, Scott Joplin played live. So, like, I didn't really... I, it bothered Saskia. I wasn't that bothered by it. Mm-hmm. I just thought um, what was interesting <clears throat> to me is that it was a Forrest Gump of mob movies. Ex- explain. Okay. I thought you'd never ask. Forrest Gump, the Robert Zemeckis movie from the 90s, yes, is about this ordinary man who does extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. Through some confluence of events, he's present for so many important things yeah. in American history. Yeah. Uh, and even in, in, in the book, he's, he's even does even more. But... He starts, he invests in Apple, he fights in the war, he meets Nixon, he... Meets a few presidents. He meets a few presidents, he's, he's present, he... Elvis Presley steal his moves, steals his moves from him. Yeah. He fights in the Vietnam War. There's all these, and more. I love that movie, watch it. Or don't, I don't care. Watch it. In The Irishman... Spoilers. Robert De Niro's character is present or responsible for every important thing, significant thing that happens in mob history. Right. So he's he's responsible for the Bay of Pigs. He's responsible yeah. for the death of Joe Gallo. He's yeah. responsible for the murder of Jimmy Hoffa. It's intimated that he's somewhat responsible for the death of JFK. Right. And he's he's friends with everybody. Yeah, and and you got to look at it too, like the fact it's it's told from this position. I mean, this this is, I, I'm sure someone has brought this up. I I I mean, people are more interested in making want to be stand up comedy memes and 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 tweets about it. And this is one of those movies where it's like, do you like the movie or not? Because you're joking about it, but you said you liked it, but I don't know. But 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 anyway, it's told from like a, a lonely old guy's perspective, and it automatically makes me think. Of that, like, I'm not going to say pivotal, but that important moment in 12 Angry Men where the, one of the jurors is, like, an old guy, an old lo- lonely guy. And then the the 12 ang- Angry Jurors, the, the jurors, they're, they're deliberating one of the witnesses, you know, and they're just like, the, the but the witness, this one witness who told his side of the story, that, you know, couldn't be right. And then it's just like, oh... He's an only he's a lonely old man and he just probably wanted attention and he wanted to feel important for a little bit because and just saying that you were there and you remember how it happened you'd get to go to court you'd get to be on a stand and people would look at you because no one's probably looked at him you know in a long time so there's, so there's that element that's my most that that's the most that's probably the biggest part of the Irishman that I find fascinating right, because a lot of this Quite a bit of it is probably a lie. Yeah, you don't realize, but it's, like, it's attached to truths. People, people are like worrying about the truth of this story, yeah, and not realizing that it's likely an unreliable narrator. Yes, yes, which I think is great. It's messy, and I and and, and you know I like that. And life is messy, and, of course. And it's a sociopath trying to make sense of his his life as he's about to die. But you said, yeah, explain how is he a sociopath? Because I don't. Because he just doesn't, he hurts, one, I would argue that all hitmen are, are sociopaths. To be able to take true. lives yeah. of strangers is like basic sociopathic true. behavior. But his acts of violence that he tries to explain away that no one cares about, the way that he'll, he murders his friend. Yeah, no, no, he's a sociopath and... He, I didn't even think about that. I always just so because I guess, and now I'm I'm thinking back about like um, I always associate. I, I guess I have I have this like textbook understanding of what a sociopath is like no feeling at all this that and it's like so I get I'm I'm, I'm very I guess I'm very no there's rigid a lot of there's a lot of my, feeling there's yeah anger, I, know, there, I, know, it's, I know I know it's, I know it's it's complex and in fact not all of the characters that Martin Scorsese shows in his movies are sociopaths. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street's a sociopath. Yeah, but, he is. He is. You're right. You're right. But really, antisocial behavior 
disorder is more it's it's complex but it's definitely a hitman thing yeah like if you ever watch those those Iceman interviews on HBO uh huh the way he would talk about taking people's lives which he would talk about it in the same way that he would talk about you know eating Chinese food yeah, yeah. you're like whoa yeah, yeah and it was too bad that, that the movie with Michael Shannon was not great <laughs> oh my god yeah what was really I, bad yeah it was Iceman Iceman yeah not the character from the X-Men. Though Anna Paquin was in the X-Men. Yes, she was. Which kind of brings me to another point, too. I mean, we're not going to delve into this about what Martin... One com, one comment that Martin, scores, Martin Scorsese said in a bigger in, in interview, and it has connections to other things that he was trying to imply. I mean, God forbid someone say something out of whatever. I think another issue with this movie, I mean... People who love this movie are being weird when they blindly defend it, but people who love Marvel movies and don't like what Martin Scorsese kind of said are just automatically be telling on themselves and their ignorance in cinema. Like, ah, it's not a good movie. And when it's like, it actually is a good movie. Not perfect, but you don't have to be perfect to be a great movie, but it's like, it, it you know, it, it's a good movie. And it also goes back to what you said, too. You sat through Infinity War, you sat through Endgame. So, also, why does everything have to be so dramatic? Yeah. Like, yeah. going on? Yeah. So, so basically, you just, like, stop being so dramatic. Like, why can't you like something and dislike something and like Martin Scorsese movies or not like some of them or think that you love Marvel movies, but some Marvel movies aren't that good? And maybe, you know, getting... You have to reframe your narratives as you grow older. Right. The whole thing that everyone... You know, people that like comic books are people who are oppressed. One was a zany thing to say 20 years ago, but now comic book culture is is mainstream culture. Yeah, I keep saying, you guys won. Like, so stop yeah. complaining. Like, whatever your complaint, you won. You really the, won. The nerds won. Yeah. Let us, let us aging... Not even just nerds, just people who like those movies won. I don't even know about if nerds won. Because there's actually an argument nerds didn't win, but that's a whole other topic. Marvel one, Marvel's fans, right? One, which doesn't necessarily so just nerds. so just let us reluctant, pretentious hips, aging hipsters have our have our films and our bread and watching movies at the theater if we want to and like complain about stuff in the way that we want to because it's okay to complain yeah. and it's okay to be critiquing if if you're not critical of the things you like, do you actually like them? Yeah. The Irishman, four out of five stars. Yeah, four out of five. Maybe I like four, four and a quarter stars, but, you know, I'm a little particular. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a different scale, but that's all right. Sure. Quarters, I like that. That's living dangerously. All right, man. I'm exhausted. Same. I need to eat dinner. Same. See you next week. Give you an intro. My name's the 
abstract. Now let me give you some info. Got the diamond in the back and the sunroof shit. That makes the Hawker MCs resort to be a bitch. And I don't give a shit about being wild rich. Just make me comfortable and I'll deal with it. Your lust for the riches make a nigga feel sick. Down to his gullets, up chucking this bit. Denouncing my beliefs, well then your wig gets split. Lay your egos on the ground so that you'll benefit. You can take these words and relay it to your click. Take some time for your mind and get off them head trips. Don't try to play me. See, my name's not Dick. The tribe is the crew that make the mics get lit. Like the 4th of July on some fireworks shit. My record company be on some true jerk shit. But that's alright, now I'm on some true work shit. And I'ma make it happen for my whole outfit. You know we got to get control over the illest drum roll. Yo, we just getting started, got to redirect this vision Got the beauty of a flower, plus dimensions like a prism Your minds are locked down like prison Y'all really need to go lay down, cause positivity is risen We hitting, your bus how we too strong to be broken Occasional malfunction, pressure time, we ain't joking for security Yo, we on this run like Logan Come on, doing the hustle and you backstage Rogan We all got force, don't ever try to think that you perfect We all are human beings, it's bullshit at the surface sometimes I mean, we rhyme, damn, we ain't prophets And if you think so, you need to stop it so jump back inside your shell Let your million dollar thoughts propel But next man don't get gel Play your hate that all carries weight that we don't need Be slim with disabilities and thick with possibilities Cause then you can't move with agility Navigating with good visibility We put these tunes out in record shop facilities Let's job to get these constant money activity We try to stay on the scene like Fidel So if you get amnesia these names are still rebels There ain't no plan B's Yo watch we moving through with plan A Money market doing things the right way You know we gotta get control Over the illest drum roll You know we gotta get control Over the illest drum roll You know we gotta get control Over the illest drum roll Yo, bust it out, section, section, section in the boulevard Section on merit, section the whole Jamaica, section on flushing Section the bits that I...